from eternity thank you because we know we are on appointment with destiny here so let your kingdom come let your will be done let someone find alignment with your divine plan and purpose for them and let this for someone be the beginning of a new season a turning point, a reference point in someone's life. Let this be a service of impartation where grace comes on somebody's life and marks the end of struggles. Let this be the moment that prophecy will begin to find expression. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please let's have a seat. This is a beautiful morning, isn't it? And everybody's looking so, so beautiful. Wow. I'd like to appreciate Pastor Godman and Pastor Bola. Wow. Um, Lady B. You're looking really gorgeous this morning. There's, uh, oh. Uh, by the way, <laughs> we, um, <laughs> I have to make sure I, I take some photographs with you before I go, because this must be captured on photo. Um, thank you so much, Pastor Godman, for those kind words and. Um, Pastor Nick and I love you both passionately. Um, we celebrate God's grace on your lives. I candidly, uh, the truth of course is God uses us. And these days I tell people, if you have the opportunity to mentor someone, to train someone, or let's say, okay, in terms of position or title, you're placed ahead of someone in an organization it's just an opportunity to invest in destiny if you have vision. Because I tell people that hierarchical order in an organization is not necessarily destiny order. Mm -hmm. So it's if you have eyes to see that you realize uh, it's an opportunity <laughs> to be part of the making of greatness and I thank God for giving us such an opportunity with you and um, I, I like I said to you I before I, I appreciate your spirit 
the purity of the spirit, the purity of motive. Because some people are too smart for themselves. And ultimately too smart for God. <laughs> but when one has a pure heart, God can do what he wants to do freely. Um, and we haven't seen anything yet. Absolutely haven't seen anything yet. You know, so thank you for... Uh, you know, as, as you were speaking, I just remembered the proverb. Uh, when a child is not good, he is the mother's problem. <laughs> but when he has turned out right, he's the true son of his father. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. He's a good son. <laughs> me of the story of the boy who was being picked by his dad. I'm sure you had the story. And some of his classmates were being driven away by their dads, very powerful cars. One of them drove by like that, powerful machine like that. The guy said, mm-hmm. The boy said, mm-hmm. I'm Babani. <laughs> See fathers. Uh. <laughs> But his father got an opportunity to give him back. So I'm happy that this is a good son. <laughs> oh, and I, I thank God for Pastor Lan. He's been a blessing, hasn't he? This conference, awesome. We were in, we were in Chicago. We were together just a few weeks ago. And Pastor Godwin, all the way from Federal Capital Territory, close to Asso Rock. <laughs> You understand. <laughs> Grateful for all the pastors in the house to support us. I'm going to be brief because I believe that what God wants to do this morning doesn't have to take a long time. It, it is just simply impartation. And as I stand here, I'm conscious of the fact that I carry grace. And I'm conscious of the fact that I belong to a spiritual lineage, okay, and that I represent that lineage, all the different dimensions of grace in that lineage are present here today to activate somebody's destiny, to give grace to someone. So I'm too certain that for someone the days of struggling with human ability are over. In the name of Jesus Christ. So I bring greetings from my sweetheart. (laughs) All right. I'll read Genesis 13, verses 14 and 15. Gaining ground. Genesis 13, 14 and 15. And the Lord said to Abram, after the Lord had separated from him, Lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, and westward. For all the land which you see, I give to you and your descendants forever. 
gaining ground begins with a strategic vision. A strategic vision. It is strategic because it gives you competitive advantage. However little your resources may be, when you apply it to what God is showing you, it gives you big results. It is strategic because it gives you competitive advantage. Not every ground is your ground. Very important. Vision is customized. Vision is customized. You can have two people in the same scenario looking at the same thing and seeing two different things. We are wired differently. Our destinies are designed differently. Each person is unique. God's plan and purpose for each person is unique. So, when God gives vision, it is customized. It's a discussion between you and God. No one can see everything that God sees. Your brain will explode. But he helps you to see your part. <laughs> helps you to see your part. Customized for you. And that is where you excel. So, revelation is the key, your first key to strategic vision. You've got to put yourself in the position where God can show you. For Abraham, it's very interesting that it was just after a season of change in his life. Just after a season of change, the Lord said to Abraham, after Lot had separated from him. Sometimes we don't know how to take advantage of disappointments. We don't know how to leverage negative situations for inspirational dissatisfaction. It's supposed to be dissatisfaction, but it can be inspirational. Very important. It's supposed to be dissatisfaction, but it can be inspirational. If you're going to walk with God and capture the visions that he has for you, you cannot afford to be a pessimist. The problem with a pessimist is a pessimist is always looking for what is not working. Okay? When many people look at their situations or circumstances, what they're looking for is the devil. You know the question that the average person in our environment asks? Who is behind this? Or if I'll translate directly from the Yoruba language, who is doing me? <laughs> when you ask stupid questions, you get stupid answers. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 2, and the earth was without form, and darkness covered the face of the deep, 
And the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. It's not congruent. You describe darkness. And then God does not say anything about the darkness. He speaks light. Because the potential for the light is right inside the darkness. What you look for is what you find. As dark as it was, the spirit of God was moving. So God was there. God was there. What you look for is what you find. So some people just simply never catch the vision they should catch because they're too negative. They're not looking for God. I find God. And that God dimension to that negative situation is what gives you your strategic advantage. Example. 2 Kings chapter 13. Sorry, 2 Kings chapter 6 from verse 13. So this king sent a battalion of soldiers to arrest Elisha. So early in the morning, the servant of Elisha wakes up, steps out of the house, and sees the whole valley full of soldiers. So he screams. (laughs) Ah, my master, what shall we do? Elisha steps out, looks around, and says, fear not. Don't be afraid. Those that are with us are more than those that are with them. So the first difference I see between them is Elisha is looking for the God dimension to the scenario, and he sees it. The young man is looking at the problem and screaming. As bad as it was, listen to me, that was bad. One man, and you have a battalion of soldiers, hundreds of soldiers out to arrest one man, he's finished. But for Elisha, he's not. One million soldiers against one man with God It's nothing. His focus is on the God dimension. So he says, fear not. Those that are with us are more than those that are with them. And that's something I'd like to encourage someone here about. What is working for you is more than what is not working for you. It's time for you to lift your eyes now. He says, and look northward, southward, eastward, westward. (laughs) Abraham gave Lot the opportunity to pick where he wanted. And the Bible records there that Lot chose the choicest part of the land. And God was here to show Abraham, as long as I'm here, land has not finished. There is land for you. Just in case you thought the opportunities were expired, just because somebody sacked you, just because this happened, just because your proposal was rejected, I'm telling you, there are more opportunities, better opportunities. Somebody rejected you, maybe someone even fired you from a relationship this week before Accelerate started. The person is just helping your acceleration to the fulfillment of destiny. Just after Lot was separated, God said, lift up your eyes. 
You are not done yet. You're a blessed man. As far as your eyes see, so I will give to you. If you're going to get revelation, then you must spend quite a bit of time with God. You've got to spend time in prayer. You've got to hang around God. Because God's strategic vision is an impartation. Faith comes by hearing. Faith comes. You can't manufacture it. That's why it's revelation. It's beyond your capacity. 1 Corinthians 2 verses 9 and 10. I has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has entered into the heart of any man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Verse 10 says, but these things he has revealed unto us by his spirit. Hang around the Holy Spirit. If your situation is confusing, ask the Holy Spirit to open your eyes. That's why I love what happened there in 2 Kings chapter 6. The young man is afraid, so Elisha prays, Lord, open his eyes that he may see. It's amazing. Wow. What a prayer point. You have hundreds of soldiers here to arrest you. You are not praying about them. You are not binding them. You are not binding the devil. He's praying for the young man. What will change his life is not the disappearance of the enemy. It is the opening of his eyes. It's the opening of his eyes. <laughs> it's the opening of his eyes. That's my prayer this morning for someone. Lord, open her eyes. Because the Bible says, and the Lord opened the young man's eyes and he saw horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. There were angels there. There were soldiers. Angels armed to the teeth with inter-universal ballistic missiles. <laughs> ah, ready to blow somebody's head. And they were there to protect Elisha. But the young man didn't see. The interesting thing, one interesting thing that I see in the passage is Elisha's approach. Because the first thing he did was to talk to the young man. Don't be afraid. That was, that was a motiv- motivational speech. Fear not. Those that are with us are more than those that are with them. It didn't solve the young man's problem. It is not every time that you give advice. Some people need more than advice. You can advise from today till tomorrow. And nothing will happen. Because revelation is a function of the Holy Spirit. Until God removes the veil for someone, if they don't see it, they don't see it. So, Elisha switched over to prayer. And the prayer worked. Lord, give him revelation. Listen, one of the greatest gifts you can give a human being on this planet is perspective. A paradigm shift. I tell people, life is not fixed. Life is fluid. Life is the way you see it. Should I repeat it? <laughs> life is not fixed. If somebody says, there is no money anywhere, the person is lying. 
Someone is looking at the same scenario and is seeing money everywhere. The circumstances that impoverish people are the very circumstances that empower some others. Same, but it depends on what you see. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that someone will come to a place of new visions and new dreams in the name of Jesus Christ. The relationships that will change your destiny, heaven will reveal them to you. Because it's not all the time that it just works that way. (laughs) It was 95, just before we started this time, you know, and the Holy Spirit had given me a vision. I was driving on a third mainland when he showed, he just in a flash showed me two people that I should meet for impartation. Pastor E. Adeboye and Dr. Oyedepo. So I wrote to Pastor Adeboye and got an appointment and got him to pray for me. And then Bishop Oyedepo, I was trying to meet and it just wasn't working out. And Pastor Nika was attending uh, Wobi, the training there. And this particular Monday morning, she had gone and I was just praying. I was just praying, just praying in the spirit. And it was like video. I saw her trying to walk through a door and he was trying to walk out. And she stepped aside for him to pass through the door. That's Dr. Edepo. And he stopped, asked who she was and sent for me. Now, it was too good for me to be true. My conclusion at the end of the prayer was that it was my wish that I was just playing in my imagination. So I kept it. I didn't even say anything to her. Wednesday evening, she came back from the training and said, guess who I met met today? I said, who? She said, I met Papa. I said, eh, yes. And he said, you should come on Friday. I said, hey, what happened? What happened? <laughs> she said she was walking out of the office of the dean and he was walking in and stopped. She greeted him, so he stopped. <laughs> said, oh, may I know you? She introduced herself. Do you know? I'm, I'm the wife of your son. He said, oh, 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 where is he? Said, ah, he's been trying to see you. He would like to see you to explain to, to you what, what, what happened. Say, said, tell him to come on Friday. Make sure Pastor Adebi sees me on Friday. The rest, like they say, is history. It was by revelation. One young man is in our church, he's a billionaire. He was in the service. He was just starting his business and said, he, he, the business was worth 150. He needed 20 million naira to pay a deposit. He had no idea where to get 20 million naira from. He was in the service. As I was teaching, I wasn't teaching about money. I was just teaching. He said the thing, it just dropped in his spirit. Call these four people. One, two, three, four. Ask each of them for 5 million naira each. Loan. He said... As the service ended, he stepped outside the building. He had not left church. Just stepped outside, picked his phone, called the first one. He agreed. The second one, the third one, the fourth one. His 20 million was complete. Life is not hard. 
It was not designed to be run on human ability. It was designed to be run on the frequency of grace. There remains, therefore, a rest to the people of God. Anyone who has entered into his rest has ceased from his own works because the works were finished from the foundation of the world. So I tell people I have decided to do only work that has been finished. Amen. (laughs) Once I get into anything that is becoming complicated these days, I pull back. I'm not getting into that. I'm on the frequency of grace. If I work hard for it and get it, it's not grace, it's it's a debt. That's what Romans chapter 4 says from verse 1. If I have to work hard for it and then get it, it's a debt. But if I cannot work for it and I get it, that's grace. That's grace. That's grace. So, somebody gets 20 million like that. Easy, cheap. So there's someone here today, the days of struggling financially are over. The days of doing business and running all over town, stressed out, those days are over. Lord, open his eyes that he may see. Some of us are better than we think we are. The beautiful thing about revelation is revelation will change you before it will change your circumstances. I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among those that are sanctified. Acts 20.32. The word of his grace is able to build you up. It will do something to you first and then turn you into a magnet that will attract the material equivalent of what you are seeing on the inside. In the name of Jesus Christ, I prophesy the miracle of open eyes. And the Lord opened the young man's eyes and he saw. Life is more beautiful than it seems to be. You're more powerful than you think you are. You have a whole lot more working for you than seems to be working against you. The disciples of Jesus came. So, so like I said, pray for revelation. And then another important dimension to it is impartation. Impartation. In Luke chapter 10, verse 1, Jesus called the 70 and he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sicknesses and diseases. And verse 17 says that the 70 returned with joy. The 70 returned with joy. They said, sir, even the devils were subject to us in your name. He said something in verse 18. He said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven and I give you authority to tread over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Amazing. It's good to work with people that have vision. Because then what works for them will work for you. Amen. (laughs) One of our leaders in church was saying to me yesterday evening, he's been in our church from day one. He said it was his wife, his fiancée there, that said, ah, there is somebody I've been listening to on radio. He says he's starting a church. I'm going there on Saturday. Come along. (laughs) So they attended the inauguration together and sat down. 
there are some of our topmost leaders in church right now. And he said to me, he said, when I came, you described the vision. He said, the confidence with which you said it, I knew you must have been seeing something. So, and I felt that even if I didn't know where to go, if I followed you, I would get somewhere. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> no regret, he was just sharing powerful testimonies with me. You know, he said, I thank God <laughs> that I did. Okay? So, there is a place for impartation. In the early days, you know, of my relationship with Bishop Odepo, I, I wanted to see him every day, if possible, every week. And it was getting complicated. I said, Lord, what's going on? The Holy Spirit said, wait, wh- why did I connect you with him? I said, for transference of grace. You told me I can get grace through prayer, I can get it by meditating in the word, and then you said I can get it from someone that already has it. He said, good. Grace. He said, he said, 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 2, grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and of our Lord Jesus Christ. He said, my knowledge is a carrier of my grace. If you know what he knows, you will carry the grace he's carrying. He said, okay. So I would call his PA. Can you please get all the tapes of the last three months for me? Okay, I'm coming by next week to see him. And I'll just take all of them. Or I'll send someone to you tomorrow to take them. I would listen. Anytime I was getting set for the office in the morning, I would play one. While I went to the bathroom, I would keep the bathroom door open. <laughs> I would be listening, listening, listening while I was getting ready to go to the office. When I jumped into the car, there was another one there. In the player, in the car. I, I listened to them over and over and over and over. And every time I listened, I enjoyed the message quite all right. But what I wanted was deeper than that. How does this man think? Where does this man get these things from? I want to be able to think like that. I want to get revelation like that. (laughs) I want this anointing. Mondays, that would be my free days, I, I could listen to three. Straight stretch. There were some Mondays I would listen to five cassettes. Straight stretch. I wanted it. I wanted what he had. So this particular day, I listened to one. And of course, I was praying as I was listening. As soon as I was done, then I opened the Bible. The first verse that I wanted to meditate on just broke up. I mean, I I saw it like he would see it. The insights came powerfully. I said, hey, wait, wait. I'm thinking like Bishop. happening to me? I said, Holy Spirit, what is happening to me? He said, wait. It took the anointing to write my word. It takes the anointing to understand it. So, you tapped the anointing from someone and you are using that anointing to meditate on my word. That's why you are able to understand it. I said, <laughs> Life is not hard. Life is not hard. I sat when the faith of Anaku was being constructed, you know, I sat at the site office. Pastor Nika and I were waiting to see Bishop. And 
That was a big question on my mind because there was this, it was this massive project going on and our church then was struggling, you know. It wasn't growing. So I was thinking, I can't be tapping the grace on this man and our church would not grow. What's going on? There's a break somewhere. There's a break somewhere. Holy Spirit, what's going on? He said, John 6, 28. John 6, 28. I knew what was there, but still, I opened it. Right there at the reception, they were asking Jesus, what must we do that we might walk the works of God? He said, this is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he has sent. He said, every time this man has spoken to you, you've been arguing in your mind. Stop arguing. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. Even if you don't understand it, you will understand it later. It's good to work with someone that has open eyes. Did I hear you say amen? So you can tap the anointing from someone and that anointing can help you to see for yourself. Lord, open his eyes that he may see. Um, Samuel said to Saul the day he anointed him, 1 Samuel 10, you will come to a company of prophets. They will be singing, playing on musical instruments. He said, the spirit that is on them will jump on you. And you also will begin to prophesy. Inspiration is the key to revelation. And what then happens is when you find yourself in an atmosphere where there's someone that is anointed, you can tap into that inspiration. That inspiration can help you to catch your own revelation. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that heaven raises someone here to that frequency where you will see what belongs to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Deuteronomy 34 verse 9 says that Joshua was full of the spirit of wisdom because Moses, the servant of God, had laid his hands on him. Receive the gift of open eyes in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. One way that people got strategic vision in the Bible was through sacrifice. Sacrifice. Where the reality is, who you are now cannot see what you are supposed to see. You've seen before, but you've maxed out your capacity to see. And then you die. (laughs) Who you are now dies. A new you evolves that has greater capacity. John 12, 24, except a corn of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains the way it is. But if it dies, it brings forth much fruit. Abraham sacrifices Isaac figuratively and enters a new level of revelation. John eight fifty six. Jesus said, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day and he saw it and was glad. He said, eh? You're not up to 50 years old. How did Abraham see you? <laughs> And it was at that place of sacrifice. As soon as he, he was going to slash the boy's throat and God said, hold it. And God said, you've come to a new level. You've come to a new level. By myself, I swear, in blessing, I will bless you. In multiplying, I'll multiply your descendants. The Bible says that Abraham lifts up his his eyes and sees what was not there before. 
or what was there that he could not see. There was a ram waiting. Not the kind that you chase around. That is growing tired as you are growing tired. And eventually, depending on who gets the tired, more, more tired the most, somebody will catch someone. This one was waiting. And he went and took it. And named the place Jehovah Jireh. He said, well, it does mean the Lord will provide. It also means in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. That day, Abraham got strategic visions. He saw Christ. The way he sacrificed his own son, God matched his sacrifice with own begotten son. It became impossible for the Messiah to come through any other person's lineage from that day except Abraham. That was the day he saw Christ. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. So there are some people here You're going to live your life in such a way that if Jesus has not come back in 500 years' time, they will still remember you. Your life is going to be strategic. That's how far Abraham was seeing, thousands of years ahead. Because the old Abraham died, a new one resurrected that day. So you can... Come to that. I remember um, hmm, this impartation thing. 1998, September, I had begun to make a practice of something. Since our own church seemed not to be growing large, I would find every opportunity to go to my pastor's church just to sit down. Because I wanted to feed my mind with pictures that looked like what God showed me, not our limitation. Remember, I said, what you look for is what you find. So I attended this conference. It's, uh, September, I think, was it August or September 98? And then I was asking him, uh, can I see you next week? I'd like to come back next week. Uh, he, ah, he said, I won't be around next week. I... We have a confer- our convention in Kaduna. So I'll be in Kaduna. I said, sir, can I come along? That question was strategic. To me, there was something about hanging around him until I would catch my vision. But that particular one, they had just gotten their first jet. I wanted to fly in it. Should I confess? (laughs) He said, why not? Fine. (laughs) Lovely. (laughs) So, of course, the the first thing was they told us where to come, (laughs) you know, at the airport. So, for the first time, I didn't go to the counter. I didn't go to board through. I drove into the airport and walked on the tarmac. Okay, and then I saw I saw private jets. I said, ah. Wow! So the way you have car parks is the way you have jet parks. <laughs> okay. So anyway, we went the first night, Patakot, Kaduna. The next day, he said he was coming to Lagos. I said I was coming. 
I was asking him questions along the way. And then, so we left on a Wednesday, came back Thursday, Friday. So he said, tomorrow I'll be going back. I said, can I come along again? <laughs> he said, why not? I said, why So Friday, we went together. I still remember that Friday experience very well because it was just the two of us in the plane. And as the plane took off, he slept off. I sat down. I'm here for serious business. Don't close your eyes. You must not close your eyes. He has worked hard, so he's entitled to his siesta. You, if you close your eyes, you will not see Esther, you will see somebody else. (laughs) Open your eyes. And then the Holy Spirit was just playing things to my mind. All my excuses died that day. He has the same background with me. He's an African. He's this, he's that, he's that. I'm even taller. Why on this planet <laughs> should I not turn out well? I was processing. And then Saturday we came back. Anyway, two weeks after that trip, I woke up on a Saturday morning and I had been in a vision. And in that vision, himself and Mama drove into our premises. And then he went back into the car. Remember, it's a vision. Because I've had somebody said that, um, that I said that Bishop Edepo came to our church and that he planted a tree. That's why our church grew. <laughs> no be so. It was a dream. <laughs> it was a dream. <laughs> it was a dream. But when he planted it and began to prophesy, and then people began, were running, Russia, and within a short time, there was a large crowd it was a new building. Inside was packed out. Outside was packed out. And then they left. After they left, pastor friends from around the city began to shake hands with Pastor Nick and myself. And I woke up. I said, Lord, this is a vision. Now, it, it was a vision because God does not normally use dreams to talk to me. So I usually don't remember my dreams. And I don't bother. Some, some people say, yeah, I had a dream, but I can't remember. Leave it. <laughs> He's not a difficult God. If he really wants you <laughs> to know what's in the dream, he will show you again or tell you what it is. Leave it. <laughs> but the point I'm trying to make is that I believe it was the impartation from my hanging around him that positioned me in that place where I was able to capture this thing for myself. And it wasn't a Jew, it was big. What I saw that season is still manifesting till now, almost 20 years later. Someone here, this conference will not end before heaven will open your eyes. In the next few days, there will be a major paradigm shift. The days of being stranded are over for someone in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. But I must add this before I I, I run for this session. When God's given you a strategic vision, you've got to develop a strategic plan. 
that vision is a spiritual reality. So, I see the vision. I see a new location. Um, I see a new crowd. And then I wake up. And the first question I ask God is, Lord, something has shifted for us in the spirit realm. How do we translate this to reality? The church is packed with billionaires in the spirit. Millionaires in the spirit realm. Loaded, people powerfully loaded, but the loading is in the spirit. <clears throat> Many years ago, the Holy Spirit gave me a vision and said, He showed me a car <clears throat> that was on top gear. The ignition was on, it was on top gear, and the tires were rolling fast. But the car was stationary. And the Holy Spirit said to me, that's how the life of the average Christian around you is. In the realm of the spirit, the ignition is on, there's power in the engine, gear engaged on high speed, tires are rolling. He said, but they are not making any progress in their lives because they are rubber is not touching the road. He said they're finding it difficult to make a connection between their spiritual realities and their physical realities. He said, I want you to teach people so their rubber can touch the road. He said, because that same car with the tire rolling so fast, if it could just touch the ground, you will be amazed at how fast it will go. That barrier between your spiritual reality and the physical is broken. And that's why this season, there's going to be acceleration. For someone, the dam is about to break. What has been building up for months, building up for years, will come crashing in in a positive way. Did I hear you say good amen? So I said, Lord, how do we translate it to reality? He said, lead the church. Lead the church in a prayer and fasting program for 21 days. I said, fine. So I announced to the church, and then we did the prayer. It was very intense. I was desperate, though. I'm, I can't say that it was God that asked me to do everything that we did, but what we did was, first, we created a roster, 24-hour roster, to make sure that someone was praying at any particular point in time. Which meant, from the day we started, somebody was praying at any particular point in time till the day we ended. 21 days. We were fasting. Every evening, Monday to Friday, we met in the evening. We prayed, we worshipped God, we shared the communion. And when we worshipped, I would ask people afterwards, come and say what you saw while we were worshipping. Ah, people saw things. Beautiful things, amazing things. In fact, last year, there was one of them who, had, who was documenting. This was November 1998, 19 years ago. Somebody was documenting all the revelations people were saying. He gave me the notebook last year for record, for record keeping. It's amazing what people saw. Where they start is now, we saw it and saw even more. Three days to the end of the fast, we found a new property. We had been searching for two years. 
Whenever we got one, we didn't have money. When we had money, we didn't get property. Okay. This one, we got the property and paid a few days later. <clears throat> While the fast was going on, my friend, Pastor Lumide Emmanuel, gave me a book, The Purpose Driven Church by Eric Warren. I said, it's okay, I'll read it. When we finished the fast, then I picked the book. From the first page, I had a very strange experience with the book. The book led to, a revol- led to an explosion okay, in the church because the book gave us a strategic plan. Bring your spirit vision down. Set goals from where you are. A strategic plan is a plan that helps you to identify your strengths, helps you to identify your weaknesses, where your gifts are, and helps you to identify what will give you leverage to achieve that goal. In Luke chapter 15, you remember the story of the prodigal son? The prodigal son that got his inheritance and went and wasted everything in a foreign land, enjoyed his life until he became penniless and was trying to eat and was believing God for pig food. He had to exercise faith for pig food. (laughs) And then in Luke 15 verse 17, the Bible says, and when he came to himself, I like it in the New Living Translation. It is, and when he finally came to his senses. My challenge with Christians, a lot of Christians, is that they do not combine sense with their prayers. In fact, they do not expect their prayers to produce sense. They think the only thing that prayer does is to make God to jump into our circumstances and do magic. He does. God can suspend the laws of nature to make things work. Do you, the thing is just that he did not create this planet to work like that. If you want to live permanently on that frequency, go to heaven. The place where you will just disappear from here and appear where you are going. Go to heaven. The technology that they use there is too sophisticated for our own. So you can disappear from someone and appear somewhere else. Eh? Jesus did. But that was not the means of transportation he used every day. I think the Bible shows us that he walked. Spiritual is not an excuse for you to suspend your brain. You've got to understand as an African raised on this continent that you are come, you grew up with a cultural deficit. You grew up with a culture that does not value mental exertion. And therefore tries by all means to avoid it, but still to arrive at the same result. Mm. (laughs) We prefer to call on God to come and do it 
than for us to have to sit down <laughs> and plan. When he came to his senses, what did he do? He produced a plan. He said, I will arise. I will go to my father. I will say so and so. He came to his senses means he had a strategic vision. You are here, even pig food, you can't get to eat. He said, ah, even servants are living better in my father's house than where I am. Listen, don't use spirituality as an excuse to stay in a place where you are not productive. There is a whole lot more working for you than what's not working for you. Be flexible in your thinking. There isn't only one road. I love the, our local adage. There's not only one road that leads into the market. Okay? And the interesting thing is, as far as your destiny is concerned, your road is different from somebody else's road. That's why strategic vision is very important. Like I said, it is customized. When Jesus asked, who do people say that I am? Look at what people were saying. Some say you are Elijah. Some say you are Jeremiah. Some say you are Isaiah. Or or like one of the prophets. Their attempt was to fix Jesus into existing molds. That's what people tried to do. You have to remind yourself, there has never been anyone like you before. You can't fit me into any existing mold. I'm in a class all by myself. And the only way you can define me is by catching a revelation. So when Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God, Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. Flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. There had been no Messiah before. So if you describe me as something that has never existed before, then you are close to the answer, even if you are not very accurate. There has never been one like you before. Heaven will give you your customized vision. When he has given you, you need to be able to sit down and plan. Which of you intending to go to war? Which of you intending to build a tower does not sit down first? Luke 14 from verse 28 and count the cost. You want to construct a building, you do the plan first. Am I right? Yes, sir. <laughs> they put you in a building that has no plan. They just put you in a coffin. And then he says, or which king goes to war? The only dimension I was given to spiritual warfare growing up as a Christian was binding the devil. Jesus is describing warfare here and he's describing a strategic plan. Amen? So, have a plan. How do I get from here to there? Prayerfully then take strategic action. Inspired action. Action that is commensurate to the revelation. Because (laughs) some people already have the big vision from God. They said God told them something. What they are doing is completely in a different direction. Your action must be commensurate to your revelation. You say, "Ah, God showed me. I'm a millionaire. Jesus' name, I'm a millionaire. If you're a millionaire, go where millionaires go. Do what millionaires do. Attempt what millionaires attempt. Right? Yeah? <laughs> I say this all the time. You, you have a prophetic word from God. Somebody prophesied, thus saith the Lord, thou shalt catch a whale. A whale, big fish. Then you take a fishing hook, 
and go to the stream behind your house. There are no whales there. What you are likely to catch is a big frog. Just before Elisha would die, the king of Israel went to him. Elisha the prophet said, take an arrow. Open the window. He said, shoot. See, not every action will give you a result. But this particular one was under prophetic instruction. Shoot. When he shot, Elisha said, that's the arrow of deliverance. You will strike Syria in Africa. Then he said, take another arrow. Strike the ground. The king took the arrow. Elisha just screamed. Didn't you hear the first time that the arrow was arrow of deliverance? Why did you strike only three times? You should have known you were striking your enemy only three times. Say, fine, you will win only three times. After that, they will pummel you. When it is strategic, inspired by the Holy Spirit, attack it. Give it your best shot. Don't do it half hearted. If it's God that told you to come to elevation, you are serving here, or any other church God called you to, if it's God that then serve there. Give it your best shot. God doesn't work with lukewarm people. Give it your best shot. Because it is strategic action. Not every action will bring the fulfillment of destiny. If I was that man, I would have struck, used that arrow until it broke to pieces. <laughs> or until the prophet would say, stop, stop, stop. He do. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ, that your effort will not be wasted anymore. The days of wasting time are over. The days of unproductive relationships are over. The days of wasting money are over. I prophesy by the Spirit of God that it's a new season. In your life, there's a new season. I receive over you open heavens. The heavens that are open over me and everyone in my spiritual lineage, the same heavens are open over you. Their victories are credited into your account. As Jesus was baptized at the river Jordan, the heavens opened and the Spirit of God descended on him in the form of a dove. I declare that for you, Accelerate 2017 is a river Jordan experience. Jesus was buried in the water. Christ came out. Anointed by the power of the Holy Spirit. I declare the you that existed before now. 
is buried. A new you is resurrected by the power of the Holy Spirit. You will function with anointings you've never experienced before. Your mind will walk in ways your mind never walked before. Creative ideas will come to you. Innovative ideas will come to you. You will see like you never saw before. You will interpret like you never interpreted before. I declare for you a new level of spiritual authority. You will destroy the works of the devil. Wherever you show up, demonic activities will be paralyzed. Receive authority over cities. Authority over nations. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I prophesy your access to resources. One instruction from the Holy Spirit will bring into your possession. Things that seemed difficult to possess before. In the next one year, someone here, in terms of material wealth, I declare you are a hundred times your current size. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, receive grace for leadership. Grace for leadership. When you pray for people now, the Holy Spirit will move on your behalf. The gifts of the Spirit will come into operation. You will solve problems supernaturally. There will be healings, deliverance, breakthroughs, supernatural turnaround in people's lives. Whatever has died around people, dead dreams, dead relationships, they will come back to life. In the name of Jesus Christ, I prophesy on you favor like you have never known it before. People destined by God, positioned by God for the fulfillment of your destiny, they will remember you now. Whatever is in your life, in your mind, in your emotions, even in your physical body that does not fit with your destiny, I declare in the name of Jesus, they fall off now. Someone receive your healing now. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Go with the consciousness that your status has changed. There is grace on this house. There is grace on your pastors. And I declare that grace works for you. The God that anointed and empowered them will show up on your behalf. Wherever and whenever you need help. Thank you Lord. In Jesus name.